What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm fired up, John. I'm very fired up. Why is that? I'm worked up. Because because I think we are approaching the biggest week of the post-lockdown sports calendar coming up. Why would you say to that? To this point. I mean, outside of the NFL draft, we've got a big DraftKings tournament this week. Next week, there's a PGA major in our backyard. We're going to have a DraftKings game. That's the biggest DraftKings game we've ever had with the biggest buy-in we've ever had. 20 bucks, but it's going to be massive. And uh, I, I don't think there's been, outside the NFL draft, I don't think there's been anything bigger that has happened since the college basketball tournament got shut down. Baseball's back. The NBA, as we're recording this before the games tonight, is going to be officially back. And I think that all the players, football, you know, they came in Tuesday, tested non-quarterbacks, all the veterans, have to go away till Saturday, and then we'll be allowed to come in the facility every day. So football, in its corona way, will be in full swing, right? Yeah, yeah. Everyone will be allowed in the facility. Because everyone last night, did you see – Tom Brady went viral throwing, and everyone's like, the rules! They're breaking the rules! It's like, no, guys. Quarterbacks show up with the rookies, and then they can do some on-the-field stuff. Like, you, you notice Mike Evans was not there. You know, all the veterans are not allowed. But it is complicated. I think you see these snippets of things happening, like, with the Marlins, and, and you think it encompasses all of baseball, right? And I just think these re- reactions to everything right now Everyone's just on edge a little bit because we've been held down. But I've come to this conclusion on uh, my Caminos the last couple nights. I am so fucking glad that all this stuff came back because I realized, like, what am I watching tonight? Oh, I'm just Dodgers Astros. This is so cool. much baseball. Oh, I thank thank you, uh, PGA Golf, which has been in my life now for about six weeks. But I just, you know, now basketball's back. Thank you. We can argue over who's rooting for it, who's not rooting for it. I don't give a fuck. It's back. I'm on their side. Let's keep it rolling. We're here for the content, people. We're here for you. We appreciate your support. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Like 
that there. Also, if you have not yet on iTunes, subscribe to this podcast. Even if you have, please review our podcast on iTunes. That really helps. I'm going to be a more positive talker about sports this fall in the sense of I don't think it's fair to have the same criticisms. Like, I mean, we talk a lot of football, as anyone knows, listening to this. It's going to be hard just to have your typical, now, play calling in certain things in certain situations for sure, but just players, you know, playing well. And I think we got to cut rookies a little slack. Yeah. It's maybe just, as an example, like, why is the running back out of the game with only 15 carries? Well, maybe he's gassed. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I've noticed it in baseball that, like, why are they only letting the guy go 75 pitches? And it's like, well, they ha- they went away for a while. These guys make a ton of money. The arm injuries, it is understandable. I, I think a lot of, like, my animosity is based on the last, like, five or six years with the sport. But I, I think even if Bruce Bochy or Jim Leland had his guy out there, y- you wouldn't just run him up to 110 pitches game two after a pandemic, right? Es- especially if, you know, they're, half the league is going to make the playoffs. The key is just to be good enough to get in there and have all, everybody healthy. Like, I, I, I mean, was kind of mad when Tiger announced that he wasn't playing this week in Memphis. And then, well, it's like, so you're telling me he's going to go to Memphis where it's super hot, humid, and rainy, and then on Sunday night, a non-cut event, so he's going he's gonna to play the entire weekend, fly across the country to the Bay Area where the climate is completely different. It wouldn't shock me if by Saturday, Eldrick's out here, right? Just getting acclimated to the weather. Yeah. Probably, I would be shell-shocked guy if Tiger Woods, either Saturday or Sunday, doesn't play a practice round at Harding. Didn't he? I mean, remember last year, Pebble he's, didn't. Didn't he go he's out pl- early to Pebble and yeah, I mean, there were photos of him in the rain? Yeah, I mean, he's played out. The, I think he did it at Augusta. Uh, that's that's one of the benefits I would imagine he'd tell you is like, listen, my body's my body now. Uh, and it's just like, I- I'm done getting mad like he's not playing. Like, I get it. It's just he only has so many bullets left very in, big in, his, uh, in, his, in his gun. It is. It's good advice, just, John. I'm a, now, I'll, I'll flip back once we get back to normal. Very good advice. It, we'll flip back when you've gambled on somebody. Well, yeah. <laughs> or draft kinged on somebody. Yeah. I get mad. Uh, you know, I don't, I'm, a, I'm a human. <laughs> okay, so before we get into a bunch of stuff, let's tell you that this podcast, and one way to support this podcast, is by supporting our advertisers. And we really appreciate you guys have done a great job of that, which is why we have advertisers. We really appreciate it. Ease.com, promo code HAM. I think they're, we are identified with them as an advertiser on this podcast. Ease.com, promo code HAM. 20% off your order, first order $50 or more. Ease, E-A-Z-E dot com, promo code HAM, John. Yeah, we could not have just joined the Olympic Club, me and Guy, as a dual member without you guys. A so dual member? Me. We're a family <laughs> pass. <laughs> Ease.com, promo code HAM. It was just their sixth anniversary. Ease.com, promo code HAM. Again, promo code HAM. Cannabis. They have edibles. They have vapes. They have pre-rolls. Just go to their website. Anything you can think of, even if, and I know a lot of people I know a lot of people do use. There's a segment of people that have never have that are interested. I get texts from people like, I'm not a big weed guy, but I've heard great things. Just check it out. They have great descriptions for just body easing, head easing in terms of like highs and relaxation and sleep aids. All ages are using it. Your parents might like it. All ages Don't 21 Don't be afraid or over. to try it. All ages 21 or over, which uh, again, just, just use their products. Ease.com, promo code HAM. California, number one cannabis delivery in the country, but definitely in California. And if you're thinking, well, guys, I, I used the promo code eight months ago when you started telling me about ease. We appreciate your support. Tell a friend. 
Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Friends Tell always friend. looking. Tell a friend. Yeah. Ease.com, promo code HAM. Um, podcast also brought to you by mybookie.ag. HAM1, John. Mybookie.ag, HAM1. One thing I did not do today, I kind of wish I had, I don't know if it's going to be available next week, is the three-ball bet where you just bet on one person out of the out of the group of three golfers that they're playing with to win that threesome. Um, but I got myself all twisted up. I was so deep in some other research that I, I didn't pull the trigger. But it really is one great way to bet on golf. So you're not betting on four days. Uh, that said, NBA starts Thursday, so there is plenty to do at mybookie.ag ham one. I was texting with our buddy Fortenbaugh. This was a while ago before he just left the radio station for Greener Pastures, but I, we, we were texting about betting on golf. And I, I had heard this somewhere, that betting on the winners is technically, and trust me, I've done it. I, I've probably lost $800 over the years betting on just $100 on a guy to win the tournament. It's very difficult. Yeah. Because you're betting on one guy out of 150 This week, you could argue a little bit easier field a lot harder but there's only 78 guys but still he said the bet is what the sharps do and what gives you the best chance is either a one-on-one matchup like John Rom versus Bryson DeChambeau because you can basically get one-to-one odds they offer that or doing the triple matchup so pick a group in a tournament it's typically a lot of the big name groups right like there's a Bryson Rom Ricky group right now pick one of the guy to go lowest that day and every single guy they're all elite players or like plus 175. So you're basically, you bet $100, you can win 175 You just bet on John Rahm to win the group. Fortenbaugh told I, me once that he did a head-to-head Nick Watney versus Bubba Watson at the Waste Management Open in 2013, and it came down to the final hole. He said if you can be at a golf event and follow a group and just follow a group that's not headline. It's like not, I mean, those guys are big time. But 13, you could follow Watney and Bubba, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just you follow them, and then honestly, every the next shot, golf that tournament incredible. I attend, guy, there is it. zero chance that we don't pick a group, get there on a specific time, and follow that group. With I, I'd put we a should bet dollars. on opposite golfers in that group. Yeah, that could get. I couldn't walk with you then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my uh, NBA get on the NBA Thursday. Um, if you're listening to this Friday, whatever this weekend, mybookie.ag promo code ham one. Okay. Betting on baseball, if you if you're just keeping an eye, like teams are starting to kind of show themselves who they're good pitchers, who they're bad pitchers, who can hit, who can't, right? Yeah. Mybookie.ag promo code. Sonny Gray has been incredible in two starts so far this year. Are the Reds ever losing? Uh, yeah, I think they've. I think they lost. Yeah. Uh, did they lose Trevor Bauer's start? No, I don't think they did. He had 13 Ks and six six and a third. But did Bumgarner anyway. not look good yesterday? Someone said. I, you know, I didn't watch. I did read some of his lower velocity numbers were. We're out there, yeah. yeah. We'll have to check. So, with, we'll have to check with Stephen Vote on that. Was Vote catching? Uh, does Vote play? Yeah, know. hell yeah. Oh, my bad, my bad. I saw someone was like, A's Giants, same record. That's the weird thing about baseball. Like, you, one team can be good, one team can be shitty, and they can just be five and five after ten games. Right? Yep. <laughs> I know. It's not like the Cleveland Browns aren't just going to have the same record as like the Tom Brady Patriots usually. But in baseball, sometimes you just look up. They're Different 20 animal. And 20. Like, I know. There Bleach- could be a lot of random teams with 500 ranks. John, Bleacher Report put out their power rankings after four days, and they have the Dodgers at 15th. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, what are we doing? But I've got – we're doing a whole podcast on Bleacher Report rankings. Here we go. Well, no. to me, that the problem is like the stuff that is fun with basketball and football doesn't really work with baseball. Like, you can attempt to do it, but like everyone's like, this is a fucking dumb exercise. But after five games in the NFL – you if you are 4-1 and one and you're the Bengals, we'd go, well, you might be pretty good, right? 
Yeah. Uh, okay, so Wednesday we had some breaking news as it relates to John Lynch's contract. We did a video on YouTube, uh, which you can also go watch on our YouTube channel. Um, and the news, of course, was that John Lynch got a contract extension. We've been kind of waiting on this since Kyle's got announced, and it turned out that even Kyle's got announced several months after it happened. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it weird at all to you? Because we didn't address this in the YouTube video. Just very briefly, does it mean anything that John Lynch's extension is one year shorter than Kyle's? That Kyle's extension was six six years and John's is five, right? Or was it five and four? Yeah, six and five. I, I, yeah, I would say no normally because I think Joe Douglas, who just kind of set the new market for GMs that aren't like John Elway, uh, got a five-year contract. And remember, that was a big deal. He was holding the Jets over the coals. Like, they fired their GM. Training camp was approaching. Like, what do you do? He got, like, five years. I heard, like, $4 million a year. Huge money. Like, everyone wow. in Philly's like, guy, the guy just became, you know, like a starting right guard. You know? I think he legitimately played guard at, like, Delaware or whatever. I I do think when you're John Lynch, here's where I, I red flag it. I'd go, well, he just five-year deals are normal for NFL GMs. Six-year deals, if you have Belichick or Andy, they're basically on, like, lifetime contracts as long as they want to stay. What is weird, though, is he originally got a six-year deal because they were on the same plan. It was like that was the huge selling point. They're on the same plan. Why this time would you give one guy a year shorter? Now, I I don't – I haven't – I mean, even Barros wrote, like, it's not not weird, but it is something, right? Is that what you told me you tweeted? Yeah, basically. Yes, yes. It's not like – Oh my God, Tom Sula, bulky here. Like it was just take, but it's just because to your point, when when you just hand out a six year extension, a five year extension, that's a sign that things are going well, not things are going poorly, right? Not that you don't read that and go, oh, there must be a rift. They just handed out eleven years of extensions. Well, this is not apples to apples, but let's say Ease somehow did their deal instead of as under the umbrella of me and you, independently with me and you. So they sign Haberman to a three year sponsorship deal and Middlecoff to a four-year sponsorship deal, or DraftKings or whoever. Would people go, if, if that was public, they'd go, that's kind of weird, right? It's just, it is a little weird. I, no I, think you, I think it'd be so, it'd be, before you even say that's a little weird, it's just this simple. Why are your contracts different? Someone would ask us that, right? Hey, why are your contracts different? Because I think we all have come to grips, right? Kyle's going to make way more money than John. Kyle's making $10 million. I'd guess John's making five, which I think like Howie Roseman would tell you, John Lynch is making a shitload of money for a guy who's been a fucking GM for three years. And he hasn't drafted that many players, and you could push back how many players is he actually drafting. I think there are GMs, Rick Spielman, John Schneider, that go, he might be making more money than a lot of these guys. I, he's, I don't. Someone texted me this morning. They're like, did you hear Brett Veach? You know Brett Veach got a contract extension? Because when he was the GM, remember, Dorsey had gotten fired. He was one of the lowest-paid GMs in the league. Now, it's not, not public. Maybe he did. I don't know. I haven't asked him. But John Lynch makes way more money than Brett Veach. If you said, I need you to run the draft this year, would you rather have Brett Veach or John Lynch? Like, I don't think anyone, even if you're a 49 like, most people aren't arguing these things. Right. And that's where I think Jed can you just never know with a guy like that. Maybe it's as simple as like, we don't feel comfortable giving you a six year and how's he going to turn down a raise with a five year extension? You know? Yeah. It I, could I, be that the six, the six year that the, the per year money for whatever reason, the 49ers were like, okay, we'll do that dollar amount per year, but let's make this five instead of six, just based on what that total number comes out to you save 
you know, if you're making three million a year, you save three million bucks by making a five year deal instead. I, I, I think at the end of the day, when you say though, and when you agree that Kyle is, if you just pick the two guys the, from the fans' perspective, from the organization's perspective, like the importance of Kyle, and and I, I'm not trying to diminish John at all. And in, in the video, I think we really speak highly of John and his value. But if you just did a pie chart value, I mean, it'd be. 80-20? Yeah, I right? mean, couldn't even couldn't we say it even more simply? Kyle's the boss. Yeah. Kyle is the one at the top of that pyramid or the top of that food chain. It doesn't mean he's running around telling John Lynch what to do. It just we know where the buck, the buck stops with Kyle Shanahan. That is the final decision maker if a final decision ever needs to be made. Because it'd be one thing, right, like when John Gruden hires Mike Mayock, it's not a big deal that Mike Mayock only gets a four-year contract and John has nine years left, right? Yeah. But if I told you they, they go to the playoffs the next couple of years, Mike Mayock gets an extension and it's only two years, you'd be like, well, why, aren't the, why wouldn't you just give him like a five-year extension, right? It's just, it's one thing when it, be, when it started, if I told you Kyle was on six, because John Lynch, it was a little outside the box, they gave him a four, that wouldn't have been that weird. But once it goes well, and they've told us a million times how much they love each other, and they come out against uh, Matt Miller's report last year that they hate each- they actually hate each other because at at the time when we read that it was like could there be something there it wasn't out of the realm of possibility when you're not winning they fight it they have this fucking great season they're always seen together they have they're like a unified group it's just a little weird I mean I don't I, I don't think it's gonna like destroy the whole thing i don't even think it might impact anything yeah i mean you know i got a red flag on it it might be something it might be something really small it might be nothing at all it might be something we're talking about in four years like remember that thing that happened that we thought was we didn't know what to make of it now we make something of it i this is a but i don't think maybe it doesn't matter today right can we do we agree on that like today right now no relevance zero because because i think the bottom line if you were the niners you would say guys we just signed 11 years of extensions do you Big know how much money we just agreed? Do you know how much money I just uh, – Jed would say, do you know how much money I just put aside for these two guys? I got one for you. Big picture hypothetical. It Over under on Kyle Shanahan – GMs for Kyle Shanahan while he's the head coach of the 49ers. Well, I mean, it's hard. How, I mean, what's – oh, a point five over. Yeah. So you would say John Lynch probably won't be his only general manager when he's a coach of the Niners. No. I mean, how, how Kyle's young. You never know with football coaches. I, I think it's easy to be like, well, Kyle's going to be here 20 years. We typically know it doesn't as smooth as that, right? Like right. For Belichick to get where he's at, it took six Super Bowls. Hasn't, and it nine, hasn't been smooth. No. Like Andy Reid, probably more realistic. It was a rocky deal, and it was 14 years, right, in Philadelphia. Now, the markets aren't comparable. I, you could argue, though, Sean Payton's probably a good comp for Kyle, right? He's been there, you know, what – Decade and a half, and I'll, still going strong. I'll answer your over under with another one. Over under teams that John Lynch is a GM for half one one, one yeah. and a half. I mean, he, yeah. this is it. Like he's, I don't think he's going. But if I, what if I did this? Over under GMs for John Gruden, point five. I kind of think under actually. Yeah. Well, I mean, under like, another one. I would say Mayock would be more likely than than Lynch. If you told me Mayock becomes a GM eventually of another team, I, I could believe that, right? Like, they just leave Raiders. He just becomes the GM of the Giants one day or whatever. Like, he's – I don't think John Lynch would do that. Get, 
West Coast guy, lived in San Diego the whole time, had a good life, could easily go back to TV. When you have what appears to be the perfect situation, it's hard to accept anything other. Again, when you don't need it, right? That's part of the deal here. Agreed. So, I mean, I, I, I... I don't really know what changes. Does anything change with these guys? I guess the other no, thing that, that could change. No, that's why I think in the short term, in the immediate, in the well, next couple of years. No, I, what I mean is just like you, we could see Adam Peters become the general manager of another team, right? That could be something that would be a big deal that would change. Yeah. Could he become the GM of this team and John becomes a higher yeah, executive I, I think level? That, I think that's unlikely because the one thing that I was told is, well, then why are we paying John Lynch $5 million, right? We're not going to pay him $5 million and then Adam Peters too. And why don't we just pay it's very, him? That's what baseball does though, right? That's not what football does because baseball pays their coach eight hundred thousand dollars. Football goes. We're football goes. Well, not even. Hey, guy and John. We're pay, we're paying Kyle ten. We're paying Robert Sala two. We're paying McDaniel's and Lafleur combined one point five. Like if you if you combined what Matt Lafleur and Mike McDaniel's make, guy, I would imagine it is more than Gabe Kapler and his entire staff. Would you agree with that? I'm talking the the. Do you think both those guys check? make a million dollars? I would say, yeah, I, I would say combined they'd be in the, you know. I mean, like I do think there's like each. 15 people on that giant staff, but yeah, I think that's a reasonable comparison. Like, w- what would you imagine? Like, would you say Gabe Kaplan probably makes 750 grand? I yeah, I I think most you're getting a lot of guys now that are making under a million. Like the girl first base coach, what's her name? Kelly something. Alyssa. Alyssa. Nakin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nakin. I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but I, you know, eighty five thousand dollars. <laughs> It seems low. I would imagine a lot of quality control coaches in football, for example, make more than the Giants' female first base coach. And that has nothing to do with being a female. It's just – And pick the, the third facts. base coach. Well, yeah, the third Wotus, base coach. Wotus been there a while. He would be an outlier probably making 253, whatever. But Even that seems kind of high. But I think baseball in general is filled with a lot of coaches not making a lot of money right now. Yes, L- making less than maybe their predecessors make, and I'm not even talking about. Managers. Well, especially, and I think that's why I'm using the Giants as an example. These new staffs hiring people from Twitter and shit, their staff is probably really cheap, guy. I mean, you know that, but I yeah, don't know I mean, you're, you're hiring people that don't have when you're giving people their first big shot. Yeah, Robert Sala. I mean, I'd be shocked doesn't make double what Gabe Kapler makes. Yeah, I mean, college coordinators. Yeah. So, Fresno State offensive coordinator, you know, <laughs> not making, you know, it's probably making four. Kapler money. All right. <laughs> we talked recently on the podcast, John, about George Kittle, John Lynch going on KNBR saying basically, ah, oh, you know, we're talking, we're going to work on something. Uh, Ian Rappaport on NFL Network said in a few different spots um, that they're actually not close at all on a George Kittle 49ers contract, that Kittle – is a camp. He's not going to hold out, but the vibe is positive, but quote, they aren't there yet. So uh, this is the situation we're dealing with. And I do wonder, we've talked about Kittle's money so many times. Is there a chance that Kittle's agent hasn't budged a dollar off of his original asking price that he is just saying, guys, 65 million bucks guaranteed. That's what we're looking for. I stumbled upon Amari Cooper's Again, I, I only saw the top 100 when they would tweet things out, just his, like, three-and-a-half-minute highlight tape. Yeah. And you leave going, you know, I'm probably a little harsh on Amari. His highlight tapes, he's a stud. But I think if you're George Kittle, you go, this guy's underachieved, and he made $60 million. And I, I get the positions. 
I, I would have – I think you could say with a straight face, like a, asking the 49ers for $65 million guaranteed and not feel like you're fucking nuts, you're outrageous. Everywhere you look, you're a top 10 player. Every single human that follows football is like, yeah, George Kittle's one of the best players in the league. The Niners say constantly how important he is. All of his teammates say he's the best player on the team. Like the other players in the NFL ranked him in the top 10 of the NFL yeah, top 100. Like, for example, when Amari was get, was asking for the probably, if he got 60, they were probably asking originally for 75. I think it's like, come on, guys. You know you're being a little extreme with this. The only pushback the Niners have is, well, look at Austin Hooper. And I think it's just so simple to be like, I don't give a fuck about Austin Hooper. I don't ever want to hear that name again. And I think if you're if you're Jack Beck to John, if you're George Kittle, you go, look, you have already proven when you signed Kyle Juszczyk, albeit to much less money, that you can take a guy and separate him from his position group, call him an OW and not a fullback, and pay him like an OW and not a fullback. I'm asking for the same treatment, right? I mean, I, you are the organization that paid a fullback more than anybody else paid him because you said, you know what? Here's what you guys don't understand. He's better than a fullback. And so guess what? I'm better than a tight end. Dramatically I would use their logic against them. Now, it's t- they'd be like, yeah, well, that was $12 million. But well, I think it's I think their pushback is going to be constantly been, okay, let's just throw Austin Hooper in the trash. Look at how much money relative to other positions Gronk was always signing for and Travis Kelsey or, and Ertz, who are you know the three best tight ends, that even if we're going to get crazy – 38 million is crazy not 65 and and I just I I, I do understand like I, I'm usually tend to be pro team on this one I I, I think that I Becta and and Kittle could draw a pretty hard line in the sand because here's what we've learned right about elite players and I tweeted this the other day about Joey Bosa it's a little different because like Joey Bosa Khalil Mack uh Jalen Ramsey Jamal's gonna get paid were really high picks. So they had a ton of money. It was easy for them to like skip camp or like kick. Uh, I almost called him Kepka. Kittle has not made that much money relative to those guys, right? The guys who were drafted in the top five or six. Yeah. Like Joey Bosa, you got paid. Well, he was the third pick in the draft. You know, he had been what making What was his rookie money. contract? $30 million? Yeah, it was pro- I mean, it was probably at the time because it was four years ago, 27. Like Nick, Bo- everyone's like, what's Nick Bosa going to get? I don't know a lot, but. He was just the we already second t- pick we already in the did draft. that. Well, hold on, we made that video. We said the floor is one ten, but honestly, it's higher now. Yeah, right? we're we were we were off on that probably. Well, when you said you, you said you know one ten. I said one ten is the floor, and you're like, yeah, but I think one fifteen or one twenty might be the floor. But so I, I I just I understand where Kittle goes. Oh, these guys are getting his like elite players now, non quarterback elite players get just stupid money. So I am like when you say Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack. Jamal Adams, Jalen Ramsey, you can easily just if George Kittle had been the second name I listed in that group, no one would be like, Oh, there's what does one of those guys not have in common with the others? I was like, Yeah, fucking all those guys are sweet, right? I, I just think George Kittle views himself as those guys' peers. That's like how he everyone goes, else Joey Bosa's my peer. That's how the Niners view him. Who? That's how the Kittle. Niners view George Kittle. Yeah, so that's where I think the Because if the Niners like, said today George Kittle's available to trade. Wouldn't they want what the Raiders got for Khalil Mack? Mm-hmm. That's what they'd be at. Like, the trade price would if, be If the I same. told you they traded George Kittle and it, for the Niners because they're so close, it's not worth it to do it Khalil Mack style right before the season, They're so right? close to winning a Super yeah, Bowl. Be, being being good. Like, to me, if you do the deal, you do it. In, for them, you do it in March. So you can use the picks. If I told you they got two ones for George Kittle, 
what would your first reaction be? Couldn't have got a second, too, or a third? Yeah, like, do you also get a guard? You know, right. do you get something? Yeah. Did you get a corner? Because I, I heard uh, Mike Lombardi on his podcast said, when you look at Jamal Adams, you go, well, if I'm going to trade you George Kittle or Jamal Adams for picks, right? If I give you Jamal Adams for the first-round pick, that's a one-off. We get, in theory, a starter in the first round. You get Jamal Adams. Well, that pick is going to be in the 20s, so you're getting the better player. That's that's I, I a one. You're saying that's – yeah. You, so yeah. you're saying so when then, you trade two ones, you're actually just trading one one. Well, well, and you're actually just – but you're trading two starters, big picture for Jamal Adams, but one comes later. So you're like, well, you're giving me two starters for Jamal Adams that are unknowns, and one is coming later, so i got to put a tax on that. That's why I get the third rounder as well. But because I don't have to trade him, you know, in New York's situation, I think the Niners could just say, we'll just franchise him. This is a major hypothetical if they were ever going to trade him. You'd go, well, I'll just keep George Kittle. So you would have to give me like two ones, maybe a st- – you would – I would ask for the exact same package as Jamal Adams. I'd need two ones, uh, another second-day pick, and a fucking starter. Because McDougal, the guy they got – did Seattle trade him? Lombardi's like, he had six PBUs last year. Jamal Adams had seven. So, like, he actually is a functional safety. You know, it's not like he's just some dude that's not going to get cut. That I think you just, you ask for the moon because you simply go, I'm not going to trade him. Especially when the guy, Jamal was asking for a trade, though they weren't going to give it. Remember the Jalen Ramsey thing, kind of similar. Khalil Mack, a little out of left field. And all, I guess this all surrounds these people ultimately got traded. Say what you want about money. Jamal Adams wanted huge money. Khalil Mack wanted huge money. And I think what Khalil showed everyone, you'll get it when you're an elite player. You, but, it's a little NBA ish. I think you can force your way to it. So if the Niners won't give you the 60, if you're Becta, and you don't just want to play there for 38, I think you can get the 60 guy. But remember, Khalil Mack didn't show up. And what did Albert Breer, we played the Albert Breer interview on this podcast. You were at the Combine this year. You interviewed Albert Breer for this. We talked about it a ton. He said what? Guys that want to get big money and force have to give to sit big out. money have to sit out, have to Zeke. not show up, have to hold Aaron, out. Aaron Donald, Michael Thomas. So, the, yeah, the, I mean, you the can play, keep – The playbook's there. Because here's He's the other it, part we know. The Niners don't want to be franchising George Kittle, right? And Kittle's already shown up. So, it's like he's not – that he's not playing that game right now. Like, he showed up to get tested or whatever on Tuesday. Because like, I would say, if if I told you right now Kittle had not shown up to get tested and was planning on holding out, that would you say that's a top two or three story in the NFL? Yeah. It's definitely for me and you, it's our number one story we're talking about. Number one, day, but. Mahomes fourth on the NFL top 100. Number two, Kittle holding out. Because the one thing we kept getting back to is we've seen been around Kittle and just, I mean, like most Niner fans, if you follow Had him, him on the I, podcast. Yeah, is he, is he a holdout guy? You know, now Khalil wasn't, but I think I think Khalil's agent got into his mind like it, this is going to cost you a yeah, lot of money. Khalil, Khalil and George Kittle are not using Jamal Adams tactics, but the point is you don't have to use Jamal Adams tactics. But and it, it is going to be Jamal harder Adams. for Khalil. Khalil can't get, excuse me, George Kittle can't get his sixty million dollars if he shows up. Like that's no chance. I, I I think he can't sniff fifty if he shows up. Like to me, he's getting a. He's getting a historic 43, deal, but to me it's yeah, 42, still team 38. Friendly. If I told you the Niners right now got him for $40 million guaranteed, it's like that's one of the best contracts in the league. Because just look at how much that other group of players that he's in the mix of is right. going to make. If you like, just compared him to the best players and what the best players cost 
positionless football. Well, you just go Joey Bosa, Kittle, elite players, like the team's, both teams' best player. One guy got $102 million guaranteed. The other guy might be asking for like 55, might end up signing for like 38. It's like, I get where if you're Kittle and Beck to like, this doesn't fucking make any sense. This is insane. We're not asking for Miles Garrett, who can't hold George Kittle's jock, got $100 million. 100. And at the end of the day, I think it's fair to say Kittle probably signed somewhere between 35 and 50, whether it's for the Niners or whether, who knows, it gets really ugly down the line. But he's not going to, he won't get like 70, right? It's just, I, he gets back to Jimmy Graham. It, that that position really gets fucked when you're a, when you're an all timer. And say what you want about Jimmy Graham at the time, Jimmy was by far the most un, like he was an unstoppable force. Remember, he was like fantasy guy, double digit touchdowns. No, remember the Niners playoff game? Him like across the middle. He was sweet. Yeah, people forget. Well, he's, Jimmy he's like fun of now. Jimmy like Kittle plays for one of the best offensive coaches in the NFL, right? That has to be part of the thinking as well. But I think he was telling you, yeah, I play for Sean Payton, but I'm still lining up out here. Now, yeah. Kittle's more well, he of was. an they, That blocker. was part of his arbitration. <laughs> yeah. I, I I do feel for that position because it also, it'd be one thing, it's like like running backs, you can get by. I think most people agree. Like, yeah, you can't get by. Why does every sweet coach love good tight ends? Like, Belichick loves the tight end. Kyle loves the tight end. Andy Sucker for the tight end, right? It's like, well, all these guys are using tight ends. It's like their favorite fucking position, you know? I mean, they Kelsey, Kittle, uh, Jimmy Graham over the years. You know, Belichick's Aaron, he drafted dudes killing people. He well, he's like, wait, so wait a second. So it's like a sixth offensive lineman, but he's also like a bigger Julio? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Seems like wait, a useful so piece. You're telling me he's this, guy can, this guy can block? Clowny and also catch red zone touchdowns and get me first downs. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They don't. They don't get enough love. I, no, I, I feel for the tight end guy. I really do. I'm with you. Tight end love on this show because I I think the wide receiver you could argue little inflated like the top guy, but it's like you can find middle tier guys pretty easily. Well, you know what tight ends must think they're like when coaches slobber over a wide receiver that blocks like he blocks a DB. You see who I'm I blocking know. in the trenches. <laughs> He blocks on a jet sweep. I block on power. Oh, 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 coach, you want me to double team Clowney with Trent Williams and then work my way to Bobby Wagner to do to do a little. You, but also oh, be so ready want, to turn around in case the quarterback scrambles and Yeah, you want me to block two guys. Oh oh yeah, the two highest paid guys in their front seven. Oh yeah, I got you. I got you. Oh oh how's it going out there, Kendrick Bourne? Blocking fucking uh nobody we've ever heard of. I'm chipping the most expensive guy on their team, their defensive I, end. I know. It's it's always the thing with Mac. Like, I can't believe they asked a tight end to block Khalil Mack. Well, it's like that is part of his job description, right? <laughs> you know, it's just like that's part of the deal for that guy, whether it's fair or not. Like, that is his job. All right, John, big drama. The uh, NFL top 100, top 10 uh, got released, and Patrick Mahomes was ranked fourth. I, I honestly did not consider that Patrick Mahomes would not be number one. Did you consider that Patrick Mahomes would not be number one? Well, I, I don't think they voted before. You know, the, uh, the votes were all in before the playoffs. So if if you knew that, you'd say Lamar would is, was going to have a good chance. I think Aaron Donald was the defending champion. I don't think it was that crazy. Though, once you see it with your eyes, you're like, 
what are we doing? What, what is the exercise? That's where I think the exercise that Sando does is so much more realistic because th- there's something to me always to be said, right, about the MVP. You know, it's, it's sometimes I think it's hard to stomach for people, whether it's the NFL, but definitely the NBA, like the regular season MVP. And then you're like, well, James Harden then shits the bed in the first round and bounce. Like, what are we doing, guys? Or the, it's also the, the argument sometimes for the Heisman. Especially, remember Deshaun Watson the one year was like, you're telling me this guy wasn't the best player in college football this year? And I think sometimes in football, because listen, I, I, I laugh when you put Lamar Jackson above Patrick Mahomes, but if you wanted to vote for Lamar Jackson and I gave you the ballot week 15 in your locker room on like a Thursday, I understand it. I, I get it. I, I guess my bigger issue would be, and I, I don't want to be a hater here, but we're going to put a defensive tackle above the above a generational wide receiver? I mean, a generational quarterback? Aaron Donald? Well, I, I, I Coward had a rant on this the other day, and I hadn't thought about like this, almost defending Aaron Donald. Because the one thing you would say about Mahomes, the gap between Mahomes and Russell Wilson is not as big as the gap between Aaron Donald and every other defensive lineman right now. Like, if you could just take a defensive lineman, it would be unanimous Aaron Donald would be the number one pick. Now, maybe, like, Nick Bosa throws that in the right. You know, just, they're guys. But I think he is by far, he's unblockable. At a position that's kind of unglamorous, you know, historically, though, I think it's getting a little more sexy. There's better defensive tackles coming in the league that, like, rush the passer. He's part of the reason why it's getting sexier. Yeah, because if you look at the top four, wasn't it, Lamar, Aaron, or Russell, Aaron, Mahomes. So it was like three of four quarterbacks and Aaron Donald. I I think he belongs like just best player in a vacuum. He's that good. So I I, I get You're saying if we did Sando, we would go tier one, and those four guys would all be on tier one in no particular order, right? Yeah. Whatever order you put them in, be like Aaron Donald. What are we arguing about? Three versus two? Doesn't matter. Well, Sando went on with Rosillo, and he had a good line. He said, everyone I talked to about Lamar, because there was some pushback. Oh, you're telling me Lamar Jackson? And he said, well, this exercise is more about passing. Like, when I, I'm not asking them. Like, running gets factored in. But when Cam was a Tier 1 five years ago, it was because he threw, like, 35 touchdowns. Like, his accuracy was high. These guys grade you on as a passer. He said, every guy to a man basically said, Lamar's a Tier 1 football player. Because right now, as a football player, he's fantastic, right? Just a football player. As a quarterback, you can argue it's hit or miss, you know? And I think that's where Mahomes, his guy, if you watch, just go to the NFL 100, type it into Twitter, the five minutes on Patrick Mahomes, and you just watch the guys talk about him. Like, Stephon Gilmore, best corner in the league. He's like, yeah, it's Patrick Mahomes. Mike Daniels, one of the best defensive tackles over last year. I tweeted it out, was like, Number one, are you serious? Like, it's, wait, what are you? Are you at? It'd be like, who's the best golfer the last twenty years? You know, it's just it's one of those questions. Some of these guys, like, are we having yeah, this conversation? I I guess my issue, it's not even an issue with Aaron Donald being ahead of him, is that we always have these arguments about quarterbacks and try to remove the fact that they're a quarterback from the argument. Like, all right, let's just say quarterback didn't matter way more than every other position, but it does. It does matter way more than every other position. And this guy would be the unanimous number one. I mean, well, he was in in this in the tier one. He was fifty out of fifty, the only guy. Yeah. I, so I don't. I just whatever. Again, it doesn't matter. And I can absolutely agree. Aaron Donald's a tier one player. 
So maybe I'm I'm probably nitpicking here. I did one part of it that I liked. Though, At least if was, though, if you put Aaron Donald over Patrick Mahomes, you could stomach like, okay, people just voting for football players. I think it's harder. Like, wait, you're putting Lamar Jackson over Patrick Mahomes? You, some people really voted that. You like, think you're crazy. saying Lamar is the bigger problem than Aaron Donald? Yeah, because if I told you I just went to an offensive lineman and he put Aaron Donald one, Patrick Mahomes two. Like, you wouldn't say Joe Staley was crazy. Joe would be like, fuck, I've been yeah, playing the league Joe would say, I've, you don't I've understand. never seen a human like this. Like, we've seen Peak Rodgers. We've seen the best ever goat in Brady. Like, he's two. Like, this guy is might be the best defensive lineman we've ever seen, right? I, that's uh, where – that's part of Coward's argument was, like, Reggie White, LT, guys like that, just in the mix. To me, the, the other thing I really liked about this – was that Mahomes tweeted a little emoji of taking notes? Yeah, people who don't believe people don't believe in me. Number four in the NFL top one hundred. Uh, I think Mahomes might be the most slobbered over player in the history of the NFL, given the timing. Like if Jerry Rice had been today, maybe it'd be different. Or if Montana was winning all his Super Bowls today, but Mahomes has gone zero to sixty in such a short amount of time. The idea that Mahomes could have a chip on his shoulder about anything is really just a testament to the athlete's mind. That he, one did ba- little- he deserved it, though, right? MVP, Super Bowl champ. I'm just saying the idea that Mahomes does anything other than, I'm amazing, everyone knows that I don't have to worry about what people think, is to me just a testament to the mind of a competitor. You know, And I think, who was I reading? Was it jo- somebody who said, like, a public figure who said they had to stop reading articles about themselves? Maybe it was... Was it Jobs or Gates? Maybe it was Gates that basically it was ne- a lot of negativity. No, you read an article. There's 500 things in it. 499 of them are positive. The one thing that is perceived as negative, even if it's not negative, right? It's just like somebody says in an article, Bill Gates is one of the five smartest people I've ever met. The only people I'd put ahead of him are Guy, John, Ricky from down the block yeah. and Elias at the corner store. And all everything else talks about how great he is. He'd be like, this motherfucker thinks that guy's smarter than me, right? Like that just kind of, but from a competitive standpoint, it, it can be advantageous if you don't let it poison your brain too much and you start worrying about what everybody thinks. My point is just, here's this guy, Patrick Mahomes, who I think most people who get as much praise as Patrick Mahomes would be unreachable. <laughs> like they would think, there is no way anyone would ever say anything about me that is anything other than glowing. And Mahomes, I think there's an irony in like Mahomes is taking notes. Like, dude, take all the notes you want. Everyone tells you you're the greatest thing ever. Well, I, I I think part of it, I heard John Smoltz interviewed about the baseball season, and he was talking about the one thing with fans and when you're on the road, it's easy to kind of like you just all you got to hear is one guy scream at you, you know, in the in the seats. You're like, fuck this. Right. It's just it's just easy to kind of manipulate. He's like this year, the one thing game 20, you're just looking at the other team. You got no issue with them. Like you're going to need a little fake motivation, whether it's just to have a guy that, you know, consistently forward you a couple article, just something, because it's not going to be as easy. Once you get Mahomes status, you're right. It's going to be hard. Like you need to take part of what made Michael Jordan's documentary, Michael Jordan's documentary is he was maniacal, like Michael. Yeah, just Remember, it was like George Carl didn't say hi to him when he left the restaurant when they were playing him in 96. He's like, 
fuck, George, North Carolina guy. I'm a North Carolina guy. You'd think he'd come say hi. Well, Michael, you would have flipped it if it was the opposite. If he was like, hey, Mike, how you doing? He's like, this motherfucker came to talk to me when we're about to what plant. Was the one, he, wasn't there one that he completely made up? Uh, probably. I, I think he just makes shit up. Now, but this, but my point is on this, you don't even need to fake make anything up. You can actually do the emoji, but just say, they think I'm fucking better than this guy. And, and in fairness to Mahomes, that is their biggest rival right in theory, in the AFC, like the Ravens. Like, if, if I told you right now, would the NFL be happy, Ravens, Chiefs, AFC Championship? Yes. <laughs> they would sign up for that. So, I it just, you th- say you're better, but they're, in Mahomes' mind, you go, there are people that think he's better than me. And that's not crazy. They just graded him over. Yeah. And if you're Andy Reid, like, thank athlete, God he's I would found. Lo- I would love shit like this, because it's, it's not fake, even though it kind of is fake. No one really even takes it seriously. Yeah. Even though we kind of do. I mean, we're talking about it. You know, one that really jumped out to me on the NFL Top 100 was Richard Sherman at 28. Um, I don't know. When when he signed his contract, if you had told anybody outside of him that uh, in the NFL Top 100 list in 2020, he'd be a top 30 player. And to your point, you could argue, oh, well, it doesn't really matter. But I do think you look at this list, by and large, it's just the best players in the NFL are on the list. Now, we could argue that Derrick Henry shouldn't be so high or Todd Gurley shouldn't be so high, whatever. But I this, to me, not just from a Niners standpoint, but just from an NFL standpoint, I think that was one of the most significant rankings on this list is Richard Sherman at 28. And this kind of next level that he's had on his career when people wondered if any team wanted him and if his career was over. Well, if I would have told you that night, I think Marcus Thompson broke the story. Kyle Shanahan was having dinner with Richard Sherman. Kyle Shanahan and his wife, Richard Sherman, his wife, out to dinner. And Richard Sherman had just been cut. It was not like if you were going, was Richard Sherman trending up or down? You would have been like, at best neutral, probably arrow pointing down. If I told you every GM in the league, you could give them one piece of information. Say what you want about this information. In two years, he will be 28th. You know, on the top 100, he will be back as a top 30 player in the league. That's where the peers vote him. Just that's all the information you know. Wouldn't you say the majority of teams, especially all the good teams, would have been all over Richard Sherman? Yeah. Do you remember the reaction, John, when it was reported that he had a contract bonus tied to being a pro bowler? People were like, oh. Well, Florio and Joe Thomas. this guy going to be a pro bowler? How is this guy going to be a pro bowler? Yeah, they called him an idiot. He's the third DB on this list. He and, had every incentive. And and Jamal Adams is a safety. So the only other corner ahead of him, the only corner ahead of him was Stephon Gilmore. I would imagine, and hopefully we do one day, like non-corona can just sit down with Richard. People thought it was nuts for the incentives. Because just like in anything in life, if his incentives, when we're talking pro athletes, are much higher. But if we just use basic numbers, a hundred grand, and so instead of taking, you know, maybe 150 grand, you take a hundred grand. With incentives that can get you to four hundred grand, I think that that feel kind of unrealistic. Sales incentives. A lot of people would probably say, well, instead of taking the hundred with all the incentives to get to four hundred, you're never going to make the four hundred. Fight to get one eighty in guaranteed money, right? And I bet Richard would say that motivation for me. I'm a crazy motherfucker. I am not wired like your typical athlete. I am on like we talk about Mahomes and Jordan, like. Richard's in that, like, Richard's an all-time motivational, I mean, he's just up there, right? I mean, he's, I bet he thought about that stuff daily, the rehab, the grind, the drive, 
and then knowing like I know this this defense is my baby. I've been running this thing since I've been in the league. And I wonder if the contract kind of motivated him. Now, would he have been as good? Because remember, one of the things was like Patricia, Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn are on the phone. Will he sign with the Lions? And at the time, the Niners sucked. So it wasn't like if they were offering way more money, it we see it, it wouldn't have been that crazy if I would have told you Richard Sherman. It would have been, it seems crazy now. Went to the Lions for double the money or something, right? Because the Niners weren't guaranteeing any money, really, beside that first year. Yeah, I mean, part of the question we'd have to ask him is, and I know he's been asked this question, but why did this make so much more sense to you? Like, if Steve Kerr signs 5 for 25 with the New York Knicks instead of the Golden State Warriors, first of all, he's not the coach. He's not an NBA coach right now. And secondly, no one's talking about an extension, let alone him being worth that money, right? And I think you and I talk about this a lot, not just in sports, but just in our own lives and in business. If you can't afford to put yourself in a better situation for less money up front for the potential of a larger gain in the end, that's the move that is hard to make but really gives you the most upside. In other words, maybe that same contract in Detroit, and this is, I think, what you're saying, maybe he doesn't look like he's worth that money if he ends up on the Lions. I but think part of the I, wisdom is knowing where you put yourself to set yourself up in the best possible I, I, manner. I think any human that is ever in that situation, when your gut tells you to do the right thing and it's going to cost you money, unless it's costing, like, you literally can't feed your family, and there are clearly situations, like I turn on Last Chance You, people in dire situations that don't have a choice. But if you have any semblance of a choice, now it might mean your lifestyle might have, for us normal people in society, like Richard's decision was ultimately over, he was already really rich. But there was legacy. I mean, we're talking about an all-time great player. I give him credit because we see it all the time in pro sports. Guys just make dumb. You signed with who? You're doing what? You know, it's like Nick Foles signs all that money with the Jaguars. It made sense. Like, no one was offering that much money. It was historic money. I don't think everyone's like, well, that was a no-brainer, right? (laughs) No-brainer there. And then there are sometimes guys that just go to a shitty team, you're like, why are you doing this? Like, you're going to hate it. You're going to be miserable. And I think I give Richard credit. I, I give the Niners credit for having just legitimate conversation. I think it really helps that I, I saw Richard retweeted this the other day, like highest earners, any school per capita, or like Stanford grads. I mean, of course they are. But it's like, he's a really smart guy. Did you? And I, I just, you know, now – Guy, in a million years, if you said by year two he's going to be a second-team All-Pro, I would have I would have pushed back. I wouldn't have believed that. I don't think that the Niners probably didn't think this was coming. I don't know. Maybe we wouldn't have a had second a second-team All-Pro. I know. Who any he, team could have signed. I, I, he has solidified his Hall of Fame candidacy. I think, yeah, he's a, right. and he's you a could 100% argue, and, and, lock Hall of Famer. And I think maybe he probably was a Hall of Famer anyway. But, You're just talking after Seattle? Yeah. I, I think this second act is just, whoa. He, and he, I feel he feels like, There's from more. the Hall of Fame voters, he played a big role in helping the Niners change. No doubt. I think we felt that way. Remember, we went out to an early OTA when he was there before he was even healthy, and I was like, this guy's obviously bringing something to the table here. If he can just be we – th- we thought if he's just solid enough to play, his leadership's going to be really valuable, and then he – was better than solid enough. What was the? Did you have a PFF stat or something you were telling me about before? Yeah, in his career, this is pretty. I mean, just eye opening. He's allowed seventeen touchdowns, okay. seventeen touchdowns total. He has thirty nine picks. Wow. 
Like that's to me like a Revis Dion type. That's, I mean, wow. <laughs> that's, honestly, I had to do a double take. Here's the other thing. And picks don't count, you know, just end zone PBUs, Crabtree, sorry, receiver. Yeah, talking about John Lynch and the Niners just rebuilding this team. They had five guys on the top 100. Only one of them was the first-round pick, was Nick Bosa. You know, you look at Fred Warner, 70th, third-round pick, who's become just a staple. I saw Richard retweeted, like, just congrats to this guy. He's got many more coming. Like, Fred Warner's good. Jimmy Garoppolo, they got their quarterback for a second-round pick. Richard, they got on an unguaranteed, incentivized deal coming off an Achilles. And their best player is a fifth-round pick. Like, that's – to me, that's pretty impressive. It is. Right? Because when you look at the top, you know, ten players, for example, you go Lamar, he was a first-round pick. Mahomes, first-round pick. Russell – But did you just, see what Feldman tweeted? Bruce Feldman tweeted? Uh, no. Of the top – good nuggets. Of the top five players on the list, Lamar, Russell, Donald, Mahomes, Michael Thomas – None of them was a big star. All of them guy. were at one point in time three-star recruits. Yeah. Well, I, I'm a huge believer guy, and social media can be really negative, and, like, it's all about where you, where you start. It's just I, I, I have ne- – by the day – I'm now, I'm not saying that growing up in a normal home is better than a broken home in the hood. Like, you, you, there is – it can help you out, but in, it's been proven in sports – in life, I mean, Joe Lacob grew up in the fucking gutter. I mean, he don't even take his kids back to Boston. He hates where he grew up so much with nothing. Like, you do get to determine. Now, again, these guys, there's a physical level of talent. You have to be God-given to get to pro sports. But I, I, I think that's a great example because when I say, when you say Michael Tom, now he went to Ohio State. He might have become, see, and, and the wording there was at one point, he might have become a four-star. I'm not sure, yeah. but. But I think you can look at the other guys. Like I think this is where I do respect Lamar, Russell, Mahomes. Like they were not viewed as like Alabama was not knocking down their door. No, nah, he was three star, six. And even four, Aaron, like two hundred pounds not, out of Southern California, he was a three star. Aaron Donald did not go to LSU. Right, went to fucking Pitt. Yeah, like it just I football probably more than the other sports. Like there are just way more Steph Curry's in the NFL than there are in the NBA. Right. That's what's kind of unique about the Warriors. Really, they're most. You're saying because guy is basketball Draymond. is just cuts such a hard line over short guys. It's so hard to be a sh- short air quotes. Yeah, just like the top ten players in the NBA were typically sweet at seventeen. Yeah. Right, you it's come like, in the league so early. Yeah, like oh, Kyrie Irving, he just he made it happen. Yeah, he was the number one recruit like in his sophomore year in high school, right? Yeah. Or Jason Tatum, yeah, he went to Duke. James Harden is probably more of an outlier than like Anthony Davis, he LeBron is. James. Even Russell Westbrook, oh, he went to fucking UCLA to play hoops in the peak of their powers. Yeah. It's true. Uh, Middlecoff, before we move on, let's tell the people about DraftKings. Right now, we've got a big game going. I've gotten several DMs from people. How do I get in your game? The answer is to get in our game this week. It's too late. Next week, though, is the one you're really going to want to get in. DraftKings promo code HAM. Promo code HAM, promo code HAM, promo code HAM. Download the app if you haven't. Go to the .com if you haven't. Use the promo code HAM to sign up. When you sign up with the promo code HAM, you'll get a free shot at a million bucks with that first deposit. The key to doing it now is get in and get ready. When we pull the trigger next Monday morning on our big, our first PGA major DraftKings game with a $20 buy-in, and I think we're putting, we're going to put 125 people in it, you want to be ready to sign up because this week our game filled up in, I don't know, 24 hours? Yeah, fast. I, I just gave a fist bump guy. 
we're recording this about lunchtime on Thursday. You want to hear Kepka's start? I took Brooks Kepka on multiple teams. Birdie, 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 birdie. Wow. Four holes That's in. Big. He's got four fucking birdies. He loves this fucking course. You want to get in our DraftKings game because you want to play me. I'm the master. DraftKings, download the app, promo code HAM. God, I'm good at fantasy golf, guy. If I pick fantasy football as well as I do fantasy golf, Kepka's on a mission right now, guy. On a mission. Four holes, four birdies. The, the great news for you, too, is Kepka is only owned by like 10 or 11 other people in our game. It was just, you know, I, it was one of those, like, uh, it'd be the equivalent of Tom Brady, his first start. You know, we play fantasy week one. Tom Brady throws three picks. Everyone's like, he shot. Well, I, I would double down on Tom week two. And that's what I did with Kepka. And I didn't expect this. Four holes, four birdies. Feels like he's on a mission. Could he, could he shoot 18 under today, guy? Uh, he could run this tournament running away. Uh, win this tournament running away. If I, if I tell you that it's Kepka. DeChambeau over the weekend. Are you interested? <laughs> I mean, they're Woo! both. Are they playing together? Uh, no. Okay. PGA likes to keep things cordial. But, yeah, download the DraftKings app. Basketball guy, it's going to be all week. Yeah, basketball is eight the players. Going. So that's yeah. pretty. I have I've only. I've never really like gone in on basketball like I have on the NBA, uh, on golf in the last seven weeks. Probably a little easier in a normal year. Like, there's, I, I would give it maybe a week to see how, like, Who's playing? What's going on? A little more difficult. You you actually could probably find some diamonds in basketball because some of the randoms are going to play a little more early. So keep an eye on that. All right. Uh, DraftKings app, DraftKings.com. Promo code HAM. Get in. Get ready. Uh, if you're not uh, on our DraftKings list yet, hey, behaves. That's me. Jay Middle, 75. That's him. Find one of us. Add us to your friend list. Make sure we add you, and then you'll be the first one to get a link on DraftKings. But get it on, okay? Joe Kelly, John suspended eight games. What a what a scene in Houston. Uh, you know, one thing I didn't understand about Joe Kelly was people were like, he threw that was a slider. He threw over Carlos Correa's head. Yeah, all I saw was him throw ninety eight at Bregman's dome. So, I don't want to hear about a slider to Correa. This dude almost domed two Astros, and we're going to pretend like it was all accidental? I, I do think it's fair that? to say that the, the, break, the breaking ball, probably an accidental, right? You don't usually don't throw a Yeah, you ball. usually don't, but maybe if you're trying to cover your tracks, you do. I don't know. He threw 98 at Bregman's Dome. He did, he did famously, during quarantine, miss a huge net and broke his leg. That's like, very true. I saw people from the Red Sox are like, I'm not just defending this guy. He historically has been all over the place. Uh, maybe this is the better way to put it. I don't know what he was doing, but I do know if you took what he did and put it in the context of everything that's happened between the Dodgers and the Astros, 10 out of 10 times, that guy just is, gets suspended. And maybe he's just a victim of circumstance. But I think when you end the inning making faces and chirping at the Astros dugout, now maybe Dusty was chirping at you, but whatever, that – that adds to it, right? Like, what you do after you're in a car accident adds to how we perceive your actions in that car accident. Do you speed away from the accident, or do you immediately jump out and try to help somebody? Listen, I, th I think there are several elements of this. On the most basic element, to get those guys and get the information, he gave the players immunity. And you can say it got rid of a bunch of managers and got the GM fired. Here's what I know. Bellinger... And all the dudes on the on the Dodgers, I'm sure Melvin, all the guys on the A's, and the dudes on the Yankees, 
You think they give a flying fuck about Jeff Lunau? And who was the, not Brad Lidge, who was their manager before he got fired? A.J. Hinch. A.J. Hinch. They, they don't give a shit. They view, like, I watch Fear City on Netflix. It's about the mob. Oh, it's yeah, really I saw good. the previews. Good? Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I give, Giuliani was, like, it, it had to take balls to be like, we're going after the mob. And they know who you are and be in public. And they say Giuliani was kind of like a PR whore. It's like, so he was putting himself out there. Like, I'm, we're coming for you. Like, they kill people. But the point is that, like, those guys want the players. It's not about A.J. Hinch. It's not about Lunau. It's about those guys. But they gave him immunity. And when they did it, it was clear they were going to have problems. In normal society, if someone cheated us out of a lot of money, because the equivalent of what they were playing for or any business that you work for, there's hundreds of millions of dollars on the line, the difference of winning a World Series and not winning a World Series. You would sue them if they... It'd be like the equivalent of like insider trading or cooking the books or whatever. Fucked you. You would sue them. That's how society works. When you cost someone a lot of money. And then it's up for the judge. But the Astros, for sure, if this was normal society with business, whatever the equivalent for buzzers are, with numbers, they would get sued and they would have lost a lot of cash. Right? You agree with that? Yes. Well, I can't sue you. So my only recourse is revenge. And revenge, when it's hitters. If it was pitchers, I don't really know what you'd do. But it was hitters. We're coming for you. And we can nitpick all you want, throwing at someone's head their career. I, I just, it was inevitable they were going to get their heads thrown at. And, and whether that's right or wrong, like, I don't want anyone to die. But I would get, and people were like, well, Joe Kelly wasn't even on the Dodgers. Yeah, he was on, that, he was on the, the Red Sox, and they beat the Red Sox. Like, it was like, he, now, you could say he, they might have been doing it there, too. I Here's what, I guess, my overall point. On paper, you go, wait, you Joe Kelly? This For the last three Joe Kelly's the guy who got suspended? Like, is this kind of nuts? Yeah. But Manfred, here's what he realized. It was open season, and it was not going to end. And I was the guy tweeting this, and people were like, oh, you think you're overreacting? I'm like, well, maybe not every team, but I just have followed baseball long enough to know pitchers are weird. These guys are all friends. They're, they think they cost a lot of them jobs. They're going to come for these guys, and especially like the crew, right? To me, when I thought come for him, I didn't think like Josh Reddick. I thought the little motherfucker at second, the cocky motherfucker at third, and Correa kind of feels like, but it's really, I, when I think the buzzers and I think cheating, I think those two guys, because I feel like they, Bregman's the cockiest, and Altuve's the best, and, and I think the buzzer, people start thinking like, was he the worst cheater? And I just, I understand why Manfred, because, you, guy, you were just going to have a war zone. I, I think they would have got thrown at the next day. It was but, not going to But, but this is why I disagreed with you initially at the beginning when you said everyone would be thrown at them because I, I felt like baseball would have to step in and stop it. Now, we'll see. Maybe guys will keep doing it. I don't know. Well, but, I don't think you can if you know you get eight games well, for throwing well, exactly. at them. Um, but I, but I, I, I have no problem with Joe Kelly like doing this stuff. Like This is what everybody wants to do. This is the bed that baseball made for itself when it – and the Players Association made it for itself when it made it so that the players couldn't get suspended for their crimes. It's vigilante justice. And we all love vigilante justice to a point. But if I'm a vigilante taking out, uh, I don't know, people breaking car windows in San Francisco, if I just start shooting people, people are like, oh, someone's taking out all the criminals. But if I get caught, I do get tried for murder then, right? <laughs> like I could be vigilante. It's why the cops all chase Batman. It's their job to chase the vigilante. I'd say the di the difference, though, so, is a little bit. There is, if, like, we allowed, like, it was, like, up for debate 
what vigilantes we let off and what ones we don't. In baseball, they kind of let them police themselves. Right, they but, hit, this, hit or but miss. that's something that everyone has been for a long time now fighting against. Like, you cannot have players getting their heads thrown at, which is true. You don't want your best players getting hurt. It's true. Well, what what do you think of Oral Hershiser's rant about, well, the way to avoid it is you just break their ribs at first base? <laughs> oh, with a hard tag? Yeah, well, all good. And, and thrown at the ribs. Throw at them and miss the ball. It's all legit. Like, I love that old baseball stuff. I, I got no problem with Joe Kelly. I'm just saying once Joe Kelly gets caught, once he does it, he's going to not not get punished because the Astros didn't get punished, and we're just going to have a year where nothing matters. That's all. So I, I had no problem with Joe Kelly. I have no problem with him getting suspended. Like the Dodgers eight, are eight mad because the Astros little, got off. But that's over and done with. You agree eight feels a little extreme? But I think it goes back to your point. Like you have to drop the hammer here. Well, yeah, because it could just be like the next week when they play the A's. Well, who's to say that they're not going to? And throw by the way, right this away. like whole like, well, we don't know if you did it or not. So we're what they're saying is you are not getting the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, it's like he got ejected after the first time he missed someone's dome either. Like he stayed in the game. So yeah, and then it he was, did. And uh, then he did. The, nah. well, I don't know what that was. But see, I got, I got no problem with doing that. Nah, no, nah, but nah, my deal. point is when you yeah. do that, that then affects how we view your previous actions. Well, I think. I saw John Boy, the dude that you know broke the story yeah. and covers the Yankees, talks about baseball a lot, and the Yankees guy. I think he tweeted or Carabas tweeted one of the two of them that like, if he doesn't do that, does he get the eight games? Might not, because he, part he of got, this was when you incite a situation that could lead to everyone running together and violating COVID protocols. That's part of the problem, right? Because I yeah, watched these guys like what. My honestly, my reaction to the whole thing was like, "What are you idiots doing running on the field? Like you're gonna fight each other. You're not gonna fight. You guys don't fight in non-COVID. So you're definitely not fighting now." What well, we and they kind of stayed apart. Pre- I know, yeah, like stupid. just I shouldn't call them idiots. It's just how baseball works. But what are you even pretending here? Yeah, I, it just it's just human nature. You just you I naturally love, I, do, I love all you these react. Guys. Not idiots. You know, because I I do it, guy. When I see people. And whether I'm playing golf or whatever, I, you know, some people go if they, if they come out to the pound or whatever. My natural reaction is put my hand out to shake hands. I I don't once I get like back in a normal rhythm of just doing a normal activity. I go elbow. If I meet someone new, I'll sometimes I'll stick my hand out and shake. I haven't shaken a hand in four and a half months. See, I've elbow, shaken though. probably ten. Well, I'm not shaking your hand. Because again, I'm just thinking. Well, I, I may, I've already got it, and it's gone through me. You can't. Bulletproof. See, I used to think that, and now I think there's no I way know. I had it. I well, used I, to think I, I had I, it. I got a flu shot in the fall, and then I was around someone that had it, and I was just unfaced. But no, I, no, I, I know. Flu. I'm just saying I, I, I used to – I think everybody thinks, like, oh, I had it. I'm fine. And I bet maybe not as many people – because we went from everyone thinking they didn't have it to now everyone saying, oh, yeah, I had it. it was cool. Well, I think a, lo- a large percentage, too, of, of younger people like our age, I think, get in or asymptomatic. Like no, for sure. Clear. I'm just saying I think we've gone way – we overcorrected. Yeah. Like every, a lot of people have the sniffles. Like, oh, no, no, like, I had oh, yeah. it. I think – yes, yeah. exactly. Corona. Yeah. Like you never had the sniffles in the previous 34 years of your life, you know? Yeah. Oh, I had a sore throat. I felt a little tired. My taste well, buds where... were a little off. You know people say that when, like, how are your taste buds? I'm like – Fuck, I don't know. I don't taste half the food I eat anyway. I just throw the it one thing face. it does do, I don't chew. And, and it naturally happens in the fall, you know, like that first time you get a sore throat or you get sniffles, you. everyone's going to be like, oh, fuck. Right? For sure. <laughs> That's just, there is going to be a stretch in like November of just false freakouts from, from like 23-year-olds. Can I get you on the record? Do you like the Padres uniforms or not? I feel like you've avoided this topic. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't have, I don't even give a shit. I, I think well, of course, where uniforms. you, where, where you are right, is that the color brown, and I think you tweeted out, you know, pictures of it. I, I think the Browns uniforms are a good example, but the Padres, the way their color scheme, is not something a lot of people wear. Right, you know, blues and reds and greens and just blacks and whites are consistent colors that humans wear. Whether you're a blue collar construction worker or whether you're wearing a suit to work, there is a mix and match of the main four or five colors. Would you agree with that? Yeah. The only person that wears brown every day is Dwight Schrute. So it's like the, no one is going out of their way, ways to wear it. Now he, you got into it with Daniel Jeremiah. He's a diehard Padre fan. There is a uniform that does look solid. The ones they wore the home pin the first time, yeah, the home pin stripes do look good. Yeah. The ones they wore against the Giants are kind of puke ugly. Right. I agree one hundred percent with you. So if he wants to go, well, these unis are sweet. Well, that's not the unis you were talking about. Also, right? saying Twitter loves uniforms is different than saying like these uniforms are great. In other words, Twitter loves all kinds of shit that it's great when someone else is wearing it. And then if you're a Padre fan, you're all in. Because it does. It looks cool. You get a bunch of positive reinforcement. Twitter universally tells you, like, you guys are gutsy. This is unique. This is – it's all well and good. But you can't wear just, like, a bunch of brown Padres gear every day to show your loyalty. Some guy started tweeting at me all angry. His avatar was the blue and white logo. Like, fella. Yeah. Switch to the well, brown. You know, what I, you know what I'd say, for example, like, the Blue Jays uniform, ten times better. And it, you just, I've seen way more Blue Jays hats historically from people that have nothing to do with Toronto. Just because, you know what? Blue and white looks solid. Now, a little red. Here's what I'll say. I guess I learned a lot of Padres fans are really reasonable, as is usually the case on Twitter. People are just reasonable. And then you, a few people are crazy. But, but it was, it's all in good fun. But someone's like, you know, one of the problems with, the, with our old blue uniforms is it was just kind of felt like we were wannabe Dodgers. And the cool thing about the brown. Like when Bo- you're saying, like when Bochi was there. Yeah, even up until a few years ago when they replaced it with the Brown. The cool thing about the Brown is you turn on the TV, you know it's the Padres and it's nobody else. And it just makes us a little unique. And I understand, right? San Diego kind of is a sports town, gets overlooked. And now this gives them like a centerpiece. It makes them unique. So I, I think get it gets it. overlooked, guy, because now they only have one team. And well, no, teams I know. Leave I'm and- just saying, <laughs> I, I get why they like it. And no, of course, Twitter loves those uniforms. Of course they do. To me, they're just not, you don't wear that every day for five years and just. You just don't, but whatever they do and they love it. I, we're just talking uniforms here. Yeah, I I, I tend to be on your side. I oh. don't think Daniel Jeremiah, if he was like, if I just said, oh, Daniel Jeremiah is a diehard Cardinal fan, I think he would probably be like, if me, you, and him are sitting there, like, what do you think of the Padres uniform? He's like, ah, middle of the road. He FaceTimed me yesterday with. He said, no, he sends me a photo. Which T-shirt should I wear? And it's two brown Padres T-shirts on his couch. And I missed his FaceTime. I FaceTime him back a couple hours later. He's in the car. He's wearing neither shirt. He's wearing a blue T-shirt. I was like, where's the brown T-shirt you told me you were going to wear? I saw him today on TV wearing a blue polo. I Google image searched him. Not a single brown tie. Everyone's like, well, you can't expect him to wear brown suits all the time. I don't expect to wear a brown suit. I'm expecting him to own one tie that's the color of his favorite team. Not one. I said, DJ, wear a brown tie every day, week one of the NFL season. Let's see if he does it. it. It's a fraudulent. It's a fraudulent move. It's a bias. I think they get so much positive reinforcement for those jerseys that they've convinced. There's difference, but I white the home home stripes. They are good. Puke puke brown. The Giants ugly. Here's what I will say. 
their players are kind of cool their and they hit fucking bombs. Players are badass. <laughs> and the other thing I'll say, their team's sweet. The other thing I'll say is, th- I give the organization a lot of credit because I think the fans have wanted these for years. And oh, they have. The oh, because wa- wasn't when Tony Gwynn was young, they wore yeah, these. Yeah, they like did, the and then they switched to the. My favorite Padres jerseys are like the blue pinstripe with an orange and blue kind of Padres in a half circle like to me that feels sandy brown does not feel san diego to me no well, part of it is like wouldn't you say that the chargers always got a lot of credit god those powder blues oh. are sweet but who am you i know? to tell them what represents their area i get it i but give the guy we've all been to san diego like it is kind of like powder blue chilling just to yes. ha- have a fucking cocktail at one o'clock in the afternoon now if the president of the padres called me and said what's your deal bro i'd say look man i give you a ton of credit you know what if i was in your shoes maybe i would do the same thing like this is gonna make us different. This is gonna make us. This is what the people want anyway. Let's give it to them. But I don't you can't be blowing three run leads in the eighth inning though <laughs> against bad teams. It's yes, John. Here, uh, yes, it's superstar. Sad, it's sad as a as a Giants fan. I root for them to lose with Gabe Kapler. It's sick. I mean, I'll admit it. I'm rooting for the. And if they were good, I would not be rooting. All about the Kapler draft pick. Is that what your angle? There's some. There's a catcher. at. Uh, no, I had nothing Indiana to do with the draft that you really had on. I, I want carnage, and I want, I want, a, I want a removal. There's a high school kid at uh, Oaks Christian that you think? No, it be- has nothing to do. I don't know. Any, I don't even pretend to act like draft picks mean that much in baseball because it's so hit or miss. For every Bregman, there's fucking uh, Billy Brown or whatever that guy, Gary Brown. Like, so I, I am not like we'll just get uh, three more uh, Bregmans and Chapmans. Like, that's not the way baseball works. Uh, but I just. It's just, I don't know. But it feels like they maybe, I mean, Dickerson and Yaz aren't bad. They're both 30. Gordon Kuyper's walk-off home runs calls are great. Uh, John, LinkedIn.com. You need to hire people. People got to get in the workforce. LinkedIn. You need to find good people. LinkedIn.com slash ham. LinkedIn.com slash ham. If you're looking to hire, you use LinkedIn.com slash ham. You get $50 off your first job posting. LinkedIn.com slash ham. Like you said, they... All over the the internet, they got six hundred seventy five million dollars, six hundred seventy five million users. Uh, they pull hard and fast skills. Whatever you're looking for, they can find LinkedIn.com slash ham. LinkedIn.com slash ham. All right, we've been telling you guys. DM us on Instagram. Tell us the uh, uh, restaurant that you love, whether it's yours or friends, just one in your neighborhood, local. We want to support the people who are out here grinding. Um, go to Pink Onion Pizza. I hope I think it's back open Thursday. There was a huge fire next door, uh, a massive fire in San Francisco a couple days ago. Pink Onion Pizza survived. They did have to evacuate for a couple days. The ham pie. Yeah, I got are- nervous. They, they made us a pizza, and a day later, a building next to them burned down, and it was headed toward them. I mean, it was like a 12-alarm fire. I don't know how many alarms, but it was a big deal. Did you, did you get a lot of smoke where you are from no, that? No, it was further away. It's like and 15 minutes away. And the wind's probably blowing the other way, so it's... yeah. Yeah, it's, it made me nervous because I haven't even had the ham pod yet. So but, ha- hopefully uh, Matt's back open today or tomorrow, and you can go get the yeah, ham pod pizza. You live me. in the city. You're around the city. You live in the South Bay. Just order us a ham pod from Pink Onion. They're our Send us a picture. I, I, got yeah. this, I got this DM from James. He used to work at a place called Broderick's in Walnut Creek. Uh, I, I saw him there last year when I was drinking. He said, I saw you there last fall. You took a picture from me on Twitter. Uh, I love Broderick's, my, one of my favorite restaurants in Walnut Creek. Give it a shout out. And I, I go there like once every other week. They they sell these booze milkshakes that I actually haven't had one uh, just because I, I don't know if I can go to dinner, have a Anna booze milkshake. Like it's, I think it's just you just kind of go there to drink the booze milkshake. Uh, they do look really sweet, though. I'm going to – shit, I might try one this weekend. Uh, 
I, I get the Johnny Cash burger. It's really bomb, but they, they got really good food. At Walnut Creek, uh, Sam S. Fiardi. I can never say his last name. S. Fiardi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sam. I just call him Sam. He was he DM'd me the other day. He's like, I'm going to Walnut Creek. Where should I eat? I'm like, well, they basically got the two main strips on Main Street are just, they blocked off all the parking spots, and you can just, restaurants are all open outside. It's really cool. And Broderick's is kind of one of the main ones on the main strip. But Broderick's. Walnut Creek is 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 kind of hopping right now on Friday nights. All right. Bro- Broderick Roadhouse? Is that, or is that something yeah. different? Yeah, Broderick Roadhouse. That's really good. You know, I, I can, I, uh, uh, like five years ago, I went to Vegas. I went to this place called Holstein's. Oh yeah, I've have been you been there. there? And they do yeah. alcoholic milkshakes, and you know, with like a hamburger, and it's it is an overwhelming amount of food. I mean, when you go a hamburger and alcohol milkshake, it's just there's a lot going on. You almost have to come to the table kind of ready for it. You know, it can't be like in hour five of your day drinking that you go burger and alcoholic milkshake. But it was really good. Exactly. You Actually, separate it. Sam. Speaking of Sam, he tweeted today like, "Anyone know where I can get an outdoor haircut?" So I just texted him, "My barber." I'm like, "Go here." He starts grilling me. Is she good? How good is she? I'm like, look, dude, I don't need you to go get the haircut. I just gave you barber advice. You asked Twitter. You asked Twitter. So yeah. just take my recommendation. I'm don't, my I don't give opinion. a shit. I got a great fucking head of hair. This yeah, is like what? I think my resume speaks for itself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to go, don't go. I don't care. But here's a person. I took the time to give you a personal recommendation. Good, good point. Anyway. God damn it. All right. Uh. DraftKings, this is going to be crazy. I can already tell it's going to be a big weekend. I, I'm already – the one thing is, like, whenever I'm doing shitty, like, I don't live and die with Thursdays. <laughs> the moment I'm in the mix – You start talking I, I shit. Entered, I entered another game just because I had some extra winnings. I had, like, $140 in my account from, you know, I placed the last couple of weeks. I also won another game. I placed in a $30 one. It's the, I, I never usually do, like, a random game. Like, if we did a game, like – 20 people enter 50 but I would do something extreme for us but I wouldn't do random games but I was like you know I'm feeling myself mm-hmm. and I took my lineup from our game because usually I do other lineups just to diversify the portfolio I took my lineup from our game I just copy and pasted it because you can just press you know use the same enter lineup another you've already game, used yeah. I'm right now an 89th out of 1,000 and the top winner gets $3,000 so if you win now he's how many ahead. people pet how many people make money uh I think like the top 100 this guy who's in the lead right now, though, he has Kepka and DeChambeau. Our game so is the same thing right now. There's a guy with Kepka and DeChambeau. Kevin, who actually won like three weeks ago in our game, and the second place guy. But Kevin has Kepka, DeChambeau, Fowler. Yeah, this guy does too. But then he also so has he, Leishman. At Leishman Sneaky was apparently played this course well, Kisner and Uthazen. Yeah, this guy has this guy has Ches Reavy. So I, I just I, I think I think I think for the first time in weeks, smart people took Kepka because he's typically when he's on right a DeChambeau Says wrong the guy who took price. Kepka. He, he's eight thousand. He was at eighty one hundred dollars. Good value. Maybe it was ninety one hundred dollars. But to me, that's that's a two thousand uh, dollar. Well, most you know, the, games the, you can't get DeChambeau and Kepka, right? No, it'd be a combined like twenty five thousand dollars. <laughs> so. I, I think it's pretty clear DeChambeau and Rom are probably going to be the highest-priced guys moving forward. And if, if if I told you Bryson wins this weekend, how much do you think it costs next week? 12-5? Well, what did he cost this week? 11-5? 11-8, yeah. 11-7. Him and, him and Rom were basically the same price. Maybe he was 11 uh, He was 11 Rom even. was 11-7. 11 11 even. Yeah. 11,000 if, if he were to win this week, I'd say he'd be over 12, and that'd be fair. I still might think about taking him. 
That's a lot. I mean, 12 yeah, I think one guy prices are higher next week, right? Because this tournament doesn't have a cut, so they almost have to suppress the. They almost have to make more guys because everyone's going to po- make the cut. Well, there were less players too, so less players, was, right? But but you still, know. you still you still have to make the prices all relative to each other. Yeah, that's true. But your cheap guys get more. Exp- well, I guess six thousand is usually kind of the floor. Anyway, Would I be right? fascinated to talk to a guy at DraftKings? They they clearly have an algorithm that like makes it realistic. Like they don't have every. Yeah, they have be. enough of an algorithm to make it where you can put together a team. Yeah, and part of it is performance. Part of it has got to be just knowing what people will do. Yeah, I think it's like kind of like gambling. It's like, like the sharps versus the squares. Bet. Yeah, and you have to prepare DraftKings for this. You have to protect yourself against the sharps. Well, one thing, and I think you and I, I don't just go into this blind as much. No, I did. I'm, I I'm, one, I'm pretty invested because I did a lot of research for this one, so I'm going to feel like a piece of shit if I if I finish 44th again. Well, do you have Kepka or DeChambeau? No, neither. Yeah. I, I just, I fundamentally. I actually wanted DeChambeau, could not afford him, probably could have gone with Kepka, should have gone with Kepka then. I couldn't afford DeChambeau. I just know this. Listen, I respect the guy's game. He's a really good player. He's a major champion. I despise picking Webb Simpson. It's Honestly, it'd be the same as Middlecoff. Would you want Kirk Cousins playing the New York Giants this week? He might throw four touchdowns. I don't want to root for Kirk Cousins. I don't want him on my fantasy team. I took him. And I, think the sh- I think the Sharps would tell you, don't think like that. <laughs> you know? But That's I also took him. Like, here's a pick. Tyrell Hatton. 90, Tyrell Hatton cost me $9,700. A lot of things work like he plays the course well all his stats that should work on this course are good right now he's plus two john so did i overthink that one maybe it's early more expensive than kepka should i've just gone you know what? give me the more talent just give me kept just whatever yeah. if i lose with brooks kepka i lost with brooks kepka if i ride with brooks kepka a hundred times i'm just gonna win more than i lose well but. i saw someone i guess he, he had his uh, press conference he got a fucked up knee and they're like have you lost your confidence coming into this course his response was, I'm the defending champ here. I think sometimes it's like, he's a defending champ. Yeah. It's not like he hasn't been good in three years. He's like, Mike, he's a washed-up fighter. Like, he, he, Gary Woodland had to hold him off last year when he won the U.S. Open. Like, Kepka's been good pretty recently, right? Yeah. It wasn't just – and there was a pandemic, which, again, I think big picture, like I opened up the podcast with, I think we, once you just get in the flow of something, you're like, Bumgarner, he's struggling to hit 92. Well, it's like he hasn't been doing anything for four months because just take a deep breath. Let's see – if it's fucking fastball velocity over the next two years, let's just take it. Let's see. All right. We got to go. Later. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $129 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.